it all comes down to believing in the person. If you don't, if you're not willing to put three, six, $9,000 over the first one to three months into a person, because you don't think they're going to do it, well, then they probably are not the right person. And when they know that you're, you bought in and they know that you're committed and you believe in them, I think they're more likely to be successful. Well, for those of you who don't know Corey Prince, you're in for a treat. This guy's absolutely amazing. He, he runs a, a pretty big team and he does it a little differently. And I love the way you do it, by the way, man. Real estate side, Calgary, but covers more on the British Columbia side, right? The, that area. Yeah, and I'm in Alberta. I'm in Alberta. And then the, the main business is in BC, British Columbia. Perfect. And you do real estate, but you're the one that kind of quarterbacks all of the incoming leads, whether it's online or wherever they're coming from. And then you're the one that also manages your ISAs. Yeah. So take me through just a really quick rundown of who you are, how long you've been in the business and what this structure looks like. Sure. So I'm Corey. Uh, I co-founded and co-owned Countrywide Real Estate Group with my business partner, a guy named Zaya. I've uh, been licensed for 12 years. I'm still licensed uh, in British Columbia, but I live one province over just so I can basically have any conversation with any prospect and have no compliance issues. So yeah, the, which which in Canada, they're a bit stricter about it. I know some states are fairly strict, but in, in Canada, like if you if you try to play that ISA game and you're answering, you know, r- relevant market questions and things like that, and you're not licensed, eh, it could bite you. Like you could have a compliance issue with the real estate board. So, so yeah, so I'm licensed. Um, I've been out of production for four years. So I was in production selling for eight. And now for the last four years, I've just been basically triage running. And like you said, quarterbacking either ISAs or, or, uh, incoming leads. We have a fairly large database of, uh, it's almost 65,000 leads at the moment. Um, and predominantly they come through pay-per-click uh, and I've been doing that since the beginning, like basically 12 years ago, when I started, I thought to myself, like, my phone's just not going to ring. I know this I'm living in a market. <laughs> I never, I, I'm, I'm living in a market. I didn't even grow up in too. Right. So like I was living in a market where I didn't grow up. So I'm like, I can't really count on friends and family. And even if I could, I can't count on 50 deals a year from them. That's not going to happen. Right. Nope. So I got in the very beginning, when I first got licensed, I just started practicing and learning Google ads. So I've been doing our Google ads oh. campaigns for 12 years. And I just, I've been doing that as, as the back end to, uh, to get opportunities. And over time, I've slowly moved from CRM to CRM and tactic to tactic to try to get the most uh, optimized, efficient way to convert these people online into, you know, happy clients. Right. Dude, I like that. All right. So now because you and I have had similar journeys in the sense that I was quarterbacking all of the online leads and all of the leads that we were getting through. So by doing that though, I was able to go in and create drips because I better understood the communication. Exactly. I could, I'm like, Oh, Hey, wait, that doesn't work. Right. Because you and I are running it. It's so different. Yeah. With that though, you also saw holes. You're like, yeah, I can't do all of this. So at what point did you decide to bring in the help, like the ISAs? 
Yeah. So I'm still, I'd still consider myself the lead ISA. So I'm what I would call the architect of the system. So I'm the one that adjusts sort of the automation and stuff. Uh, at a certain point, I'll probably pass that over to another ISA, but I just really realized that um, when, when it comes to the actual uh, buyer, buyer's agents or listing agents coming in, I found that the more, the earlier in the process, I would give people on the agents on the team leads the opportunity would be there where you're like, okay, I hope they're able to convert this, but they just didn't really have either the discipline or the know-how, how to nurture them long-term. So as time's gone on, I've realized that the, the, uh, the involvement of the agent is going to be as down in the pipeline as possible. So it's close to when they're ready to transact as possible. And then everything else is standardized through uh, voicemail drops, emails, text, bomb, bomb videos. And just like you said, the more you work as an ISA in the company yourself, the more mm-hmm. you realize what can be standardized and what can't, and then how to, how to plug those holes. And it's every day I, I think of something new. I don't implement it. I think about it and make sure it's not foolhardy, but as time goes on, I'll add a voicemail drop here, uh, a bomb, bomb video here, and anyone that can happen automatically. That isn't one where I have to f- uh, specifically go in and like, uh, click the template and click send. Uh, those ones I'll do occasionally if I need to. But more than that, I let the behavioral cues on the website trigger most of that stuff. So most of that stuff happens just in an automatic way. And then I deal with the people that respond. So I don't pursue people as much as uh, uh, unless they've responded, they've sort of put their hand up and said, hey, I want to see a property or oh, I, I viewed a property three times or something like that. That's more of a buying signal, right? Yeah. So, I'm not sure if that answered your question. I went off on a tangent. That totally did. So I'll I'll give you an example too. As I was, so the very first, the very first ISA or the very first VA, I actually virtual assistant that I ever got was 2009. And it was to do, to help me with the incoming leads because we were getting in so many. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. So I'm bringing in somebody that can actually help me and I'll train them. I'll be like, Hey, this is, this is your job over here. So I was still reaching out to all of the online leads that were coming through. Mm -hmm. And then this person would be in charge of nurturing them, making sure that I'm not dropping the ball at that point, dude, we didn't have like, like chimes really. I know it was, it was really great now. So it was more like, damn, I have to do this manually. Right. So much work. So much work. And so I'm like, okay, that's who I need first. Somebody to take care and nurture. Yeah. With you, where was that first hole that you plugged? First hole that I plugged was basically in the beginning when you're getting, like we were getting the most I've ever gotten is like, let's say 1500 leads, 1500 signups in a month. That's kind of the peak. Um, we're, we're less than that now, not because we couldn't handle it, but because I just, we just don't need it. There's enough people on the site there's enough people coming back that I can nurture that actually engage with us that I don't need to spend too much more money on new leads per month. So I'd say the first one was the reality that I can't call every person that comes on the site and I can't call every person that signs up. It just becomes, it's compounds. If you're getting five or 10 or 20 new leads per day, you might be able to keep that up for a day or a week or a month, but then you're compounding that every single day or every single month. So what I started to implement, one of the first things was a voicemail drop. So when on, on Chime with the AI assistant, which has been great for, for the company or great for our company, I let the 
AI touch it initially for the qualifying process in about four or five days. I don't do any voicemail drops. I don't call. I don't do anything. I let them just text the lead and just let them see if they can engage. If they do contact them, then that will trigger other things as far as automation. If the AI adds a, a tag called AI no response, meaning in that five-day qualification process, they didn't respond, that mm -hmm. triggers a smart plan, which is a voicemail from me that says, oh, hey, Tristan, my assistant's been trying to get a hold of you, uh, Anna, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, she's got a couple lists of properties that she, she wants to send your way. She's just not sure what region you're looking in. So just let her know where you're looking and then we can go ahead and send you that list. And what that does is that encourages them not even to call me back because I don't want thousands of people calling me back that aren't super serious. What it does is it encourages them to reply to the unresponded uh, AI assistant. And if they do, that will notify me and then they will update the property alert automatically as long as what they said makes sense. So it, it scales really, really well. So that's probably the first one is a voicemail drop from me that is standardized to the point where I don't mention the client's name so they don't know that it's one that goes out to every person, but it goes out regardless of me having to do it manually, which is super powerful, particularly if you're getting lots of lead volume too, right? Yeah. So that's probably the first right. one. So question then, if, if we don't have, and I don't see how anybody wouldn't, but if we don't have the voicemail drop capabilities, mm -hmm. right, we can easily add that. Most CRMs have it. And I think Sly Broadcast can do it too. That's, what, a lot that's of what I use, yeah. That's what That's you what use. I awesome. Use. Yeah. If, if we don't have that, and if we don't have AI, yeah, Daniel, call action can do that too. Thank you. You're so right. Yeah. Um, if we don't have that, and we don't have artificial intelligence reaching out, mm -hmm. what would you do? Like, would you be the one calling or would you hire someone to make those calls and, and filter those through to you? How would that work? Um, it all depends on the agent's production. If you're in, if you're in production and you can convert at a pretty high level, then you'll probably have some funds to get, uh, an ISA going. Um, yeah, it really depends. You know, it depends on what you're, what you like to do. If you don't like picking up the phone and calling for two or three hours a day, then the ISA role is definitely not for you. That's kind of like the basics. Like my goal as an ISA, as well as any ISA that I would hire would be minimum 10 conversations a day. And a conversation isn't, um, you know, you talk to somebody on the phone, a conversation is five plus minutes as far as a logged call or a text or email volley that's back and forth on multiple times. So um, that's how we, that's what we basically counter define a conversation as. And if you're doing that day in, day out, some days you'll get more traction than others, but if you're doing that day in, day out at an average conversion, you're going to do business. You just have to keep working. All right. So 10, because uh, I'm getting from that, I'm getting the 10 conversations. Yeah. Does that transfer over to the ISAs? Like, let's say, let, let's go two routes. Corey, let's say you're just you. Yeah. Right? Then when you bring in an ISA, is that expectation still transferred to them or does it change? Let's go it, with you first. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, my goal is 10, but I also don't just do ISA. I also run some other stuff operationally in the business. So I'm not working as an ISA the whole day. So I would say 10 in about a three or four hour period, 10 is, is what I expect of myself and what I aim for every single day. Okay. And then if it was an ISA that's full-time that doesn't have the other operational tasks that I have, um, I would put it at 20 for an eight hour shift with, with right, lunch 20. and all that built in conversations. So Let's define conversations clearer for those listening in. What, what does that look like? Let's get specific. 
a conversation for me is a phone call that lasts over five minutes. So five minutes or, or longer with a prospective person who's thinking of buying or selling. That's, okay, that's so the key a one. real conversation. It's not like a real conversation. No, next. no, no, because, and, and you know what, you can go in and I have conversations with people that are four minutes, three minutes, and I really want that to count, but I've just made a hard line with five minutes. I feel like Ooh. it is what it is. It sucks. Right. Oh, and sometimes I'll be, sometimes I'll be talking to somebody on the phone and it's just crossed four minutes. Cause I've got a counter on my screen for a chime. And I like, <laughs> and in the back of my mind, like, do I hold them on for another minute? So it counts or do I actually just get back to work? You know? So you're so funny, dude. That is so that's cool. Do you, you record every call then, right? Record every call, yeah. Yeah, we do too. But yeah. we do too. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we can go back to it if it's our ISA, listen totally. to it. Totally, totally. And say, guys, this conversation, really good job, but here's what you need to tweak. Yeah. Right. So yeah, really, really good point on that. There's a question for you uh, from Kevin. What's up, Kevin? I'm a solopreneur looking to scale, about to hire my first ISA. What are the best preparation steps for ISAs before hiring? Also, any tips like with Dialer and uh, they work multi multifamily investment space. I would say I would say the first step would be wrapping your head around what personality type you think is going to be best, and I would lean towards getting them to do a disc profile and putting somebody who's high interactive, so high I somebody who enjoys talking to people, somebody who's really personable, engaging. That's probably the, the bulk of the job is they have to enjoy talking to people and yeah. really build relationships quite well uh, because that's, that's the crux. If they can't do that in the ISA role, then there's no, then the conversation doesn't continue and you never actually even talk to them yourself. Right. So yeah. high, I relatively sense. high D, but highest I I'd say high interactive is probably the best. Yeah. Cause then at that point you have no problem getting to the five minutes and it, then, then the issue becomes, and like you said, listening to their calls, their calls are 22 minutes when they, should be, <laughs> when they should be nine because they know about their kids. They know it's good. They're getting really good engagement, but they're, they could be a bit more efficient, but that's a good problem to have. The oh, opposite problem is ISAs that call and say, these leads are terrible and they can't convert anybody. And it's like, well, you know, and then you pick up the phone and you can convert the next one. It's like, Everybody. they just need to have, yeah, they just need to have uh, more of like a servant's uh, perspective, like a servant's heart is the term I've heard, you know? Yeah. And what a, really, what a really good thing you said here when you're saying it's a combination of eyes so they can talk yeah, and these, so they can just, they know where they need to get to. It's not just empty talking, right? Yeah. 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 I love that. That is a very good combo. Yes. Yeah. And you can do like a Tony Robbins website. If you go onto Tony Robbins website, there's actually a free disc profile on there that they can, you can just send them a link, they do it, and then it will email it to them and they can email you the PDF. So you can do that for free. You don't even have to pay. I like that. Yes. Very good yeah. key. And you know, you, you, you reminded me of something here with that question that we had. So we have this outline for tasks and duties. We have one of these, I was looking for it for ISAs too. So mm -hmm. as soon as I find one, I'm going to put that into the chat. So look out for that. Just wanted to share that really quick. So I don't forget. It's a, awesome. it's a really good outline, Kevin, so that you can see the things that you need so that it doesn't leave anything out, just all the tasks and duties. And Daniel has a question for you too, Corey. What's the pay structure and incentives for ISA that have supported your growth? So that's a really good question. The, the pay structure is a big one. Obviously, as a business owner, you want to you know not have as 
have high costs, but you also want to have results. So it's kind of a, a toss up. I started with a pure uh, commission based model back when I first started doing it. So it was in the neighborhood of, um, you know, five, 10, 15, 20% per deal. Basically, they hunt what they kill. Some people will really thrive in that. A lot of people will not. Uh, that security, that lack of security is pretty tough. Plus, when you start, they're not going to get a deal that pays them in the next 30 days, probably. They're going to have to wait months. So the one that I've settled on that's been the most effective, and I have a, a, a partner that's in Nanaimo on the island in Vancouver Island, a guy named Jason, who's extremely successful too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he's the one who pioneered this particular structure that I believe in. And it's a combination of salary plus bonus. So he pays his ISAs 3000 per month as a salary, and then a bonus of about 10% per deal based on some factors. And Every ISA he has, he has three on his team right now. Everyone that he has gets paid over a hundred thousand a year. Wow. So really good money, really good money for somebody working from home during a pandemic. <laughs> Dude, that is money. absolutely really good. Yeah. So that's the structure that I believe in the most. Um, and it all comes down to believing in the person. If you don't, if you're not willing to put three, six, $9,000 over the first one to three months into a person, because you don't think they're going to do it, well, then they probably are not the right person. You know, you have to really, you have to buy in to the point where you're willing to put that money in. And when they know that you're, you bought in and they know that you're committed and you believe in them, I think they're more likely to be successful. It's a hard role. It's a challenging role for people to be successful in, but the right ones will thrive. I love that. And look uh, on our end as well here, when I'm looking at hiring and continuing to grow, we go the, the VA route overseas, Yeah. right? So I want to just show you a little bit here because I, I found that that sheet and I'll show it to you. Nice. But we, we use a company called Virtue Desk and they have a free resource guide here. I'm trying to see if it loads. And here's here are the downloadables that they have. And I think there's one that I have. Here it is. Yeah. The inside sales agent responsibilities. So it goes through all of them. It goes through other ones as well. So I'm going to dump that link in there so that you have you guys can at least take a look at that. And that should answer some questions as to what their roles are, what they do on a daily basis. I really love Corey's idea of if they're having 20 quality conversations every day and you're listening to them and you're helping them grow, I don't see how you just don't do a great job with your ISAs. So yeah. that's a that's a really really good one man and for typically for an isa that's a virtual assistant through a company like virtue desk we're probably paying around 10 or 11 dollars an hour and and their english is great on our end i mean i've had them for quite a long time dude yeah all right question any other questions you guys have if not i've got a couple of other questions for you let's see we've got one on the question side two more Hi, Corey. Has anybody ever told you that you look like Frank Grillo? <laughs> I don't even know who Frank. Do you know who Frank Grillo is? Who Corey? is that? Now I have to go and Google it, damn it. Now hold I on. have to go and Google it. Jesus. Frank, okay, hold on. Frank, Frank Grillo. If it's from a TV show, I had a girl in the gym a number of years ago come up to me, but I'm not sure if she was just hitting oh, on me. Oh, I've seen him in billions. And I've also is that seen it? Him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. What if that was me? That what that might be. This might be Frank Grillo. <laughs> there you go, Frank. All right, you see Frank. <laughs> What's he go. in? What show is he in? Oh, Dude, Marvel's in a, the billions. 
he's in Marvel, he's in Billions, he's in a oh. ton of here. He's in a ton of little uh, uh, movies here over here. Oh, the this guy's pretty famous. Here, he's in Captain America. What is? I'll take. I'll take it. So I'm Cap. She's. I'm. I'm Captain America. Is what you're trying to say? That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, kidding aside, do you personally train your ISAs? Yeah. So, uh, so I've got some videos that I will film like little screencast videos to show them how I go in and do things. We'll do the, I'd say the biggest uh, component that really makes people successful as an ISA role is, is constant accountability. So like a culture of accountability, if you will. So instead of just saying, okay, go be successful, you on a daily or, or every two days or whatever it happens to be, you have like a morning meeting where you sort of explain, okay, what's your goal for today? How many conversations? How are you going to do it? You know, what was challenging about yesterday and just having like that sort of 15 or 20 minute check-in to like set the tone for the day. And then, and then at the end of the day, a really powerful tool is, is a check-in to go back over your numbers as well. So everybody knows first thing they have a chat and then at let's say four o'clock or whenever their shift is going to end, they have a chat. So they know they're going to be held accountable. So the likelihood that they're going to just not do the work they need to do is less because everybody that they're meeting with is going to have done the work and they're not going to, they don't want to really be a slacker. They want to produce, right? Do they send you that report by email, by text? Do they call you? What is it's, that? it's not, it's not a report that's sent. It's just verbal. It's literally like oh. you, 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 like, like a video chat like this. It's like, okay, Tristan. So what are you going to do today for conversations? You're like 20. I'm like, okay, great. Like what kind of leads are you going to call? And you'd be like, I want to call people that are on the site that have favorited properties. They go, great. That's great. I, you're going to do fantastic. Ooh talk to you at four and so then at good. four o'clock we'll share notes and I'm pretty ambitious and I'm pretty uh, uh, competitive. So if somebody's competitive and that team of people's competitive, it can just drive everybody's production up. Dude, that is so key. It, you know what? It just makes a lot more sense when, when I dig more into your business, like our last conversation that we had last week, mm -hmm. I love the role that you play because it's so it, it would seem like from people that have never done it, that there's just not enough to do, but because you're so niched, yeah, you're so amazing at it. And the conversion is through the roof, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just a, it's slowly over time. You get better and better. As you say, it's finding the holes and plugging them. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and one thing that's super critical is not all uh, types of calls are the same. So if you're bouncing around, you're calling people that are favoriting properties, people that haven't been on the site in a year, people that you did business with before, those are such different conversations. You, it really takes time to transfer what you're going to say between them. What I try to do is I try to figure out, okay, what's one theme of conversation? So for instance, when I get off this meeting right now, I'm going to do calls and the calls I'm going to do are going to be people that have been on the website in the last three days and have a lead score, which is in Chime, an algorithmic lead score of above 80 and have favorited a property. So those are pretty high value people. So when I pick up, the, and these are people that have never responded to us. So when I pick up the phone and I, and I talk to them, I don't have to think about their individual case because I know it. I know that they're looking at listings, they're favoriting properties, and they haven't responded to us. So when they pick up the phone and I say, hello, I don't have to look at their lead to figure out what should I say. It's the same pitch. And then I can move on to the next one real fast. So I'll probably do 50 calls in the next two and a half to three hours. And I'll probably get 10, 10 to 12 conversations out of that's the goal. I love that. All right. Yeah. There's a, a couple of questions are really good questions for, hold on. Let me grab them. There are two different sections. 
Let me scroll up. Mm, we got the incentive one. Um, buyers agents. How is the split between the buyer? Uh, we've talked about that. There are single. Ah, here it is. Kevin, another great question, Kevin. There are single purpose ISAs versus multitasking ISAs. What have you found to be the most effective? ISAs that can do graphics as well. Like that would be a VA that has that's multitasking, multi-talented. What what has been your experience? What do you prefer? Me or asking the question to you? You. To me? You. Yeah. Um, I like it's great when somebody can do a lot of things and add value, but I'd say the most valuable like time sensitive thing that uh, ISA can do is, is prospecting and picking up the phone and warming up leads for, you know, if they can do graphics, great, but that's not really as, as valuable in the short term as somebody that can pass off, like for instance, in, in, uh, in Tristan's area, if an ISA passes off a deal for a $15 million house and it closes, that buys a lot of graphics work. That buys a lot of graphics. I can work. get can more do that. VAs that do that specifically now. That, on, that only do that off of a couple yep. deals. So so yeah, really putting it into the highest revenue generating stuff, which is you know people trying to buy and sell properties for sure. Agreed, man. And I, yeah. I agree 100% with Corey. I, I would love for, for you looking in to hire one and let them be amazing at that one thing. Because the more you have them do so many other things, the more they just never get the little nuances of that one thing they're supposed to be doing. And full-time for us has always been the way to go. Yeah. I don't know, too. Corey, you too? Full-time, full-time. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a part-time agent on the team either. Not because I don't think they couldn't sell some property, but because if you're competing in a, in a very lucrative, competitive industry like real estate, um, and there's people in the top one or 2% um, that are absolutely obsessed with providing value and service and, and, and closing these listings and, and being good, you're not going to be able to compete with them part-time. You may be able to compete with them full-time, but you're not going to be able to compete with them part-time. They're obsessed. Yeah. I, I'm one of them. Agreed, dude. I agree. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? The, the obsession yeah. is the thing that makes us successful, right? Totally. Yeah. It makes us look like freaks sometimes, but it's also the thing that makes us successful. So I agree, dude. Yeah. When you, and you can like, like, you can design your business too, as far as like what you want in life. Like for instance, I don't want to work 20 hours a day and not have, not be around my girlfriend and my son and all these things in my family is important. But when it is work time, I just, I go, I go hard. And then when it's time to hand up, you know, uh, hang up the hat, I hang it up and I relax and I recharge. But then when, when work hits again on the next uh, day in the morning, I just, I go, I go gangbusters because I want to produce. That's it, dude. That's it. You know? All right. A couple yeah. more questions. Uh, in California, we have a restricted rules. Oh yeah. ISAs, they can't really talk about going deeper into real estate saying, Hey, yeah, we can do this and that. Yep. We we've gone around that. We train our ISAs so that they know exactly what they can and can't say. Yeah. So just be sure that you're the one doing the training because as, as, as good as the training is at, let's say virtue desk, they're not going to know the rules of my specific area that I cover. So yeah. we're going to always have to train them to say, hey, this is Malibu, right? You're going to talk to sometimes billionaires here. And this is over here on Thousand Oaks, right? Now, this is a whole different area, right? So there's a lot of training involved. It's a lot of work, everyone. It's not just, hey, hire and then just go do your own thing. Listen to what Corey said. He's meeting them. He's talking to them. He's helping them along the way. So 
I mean, we could we could probably do a whole bunch of these, Corey, but I don't want to keep you longer. Uh, how do people get a hold of you, Corey, if people have any questions for you? Oh, good question. Um, Facebook's probably the best. My first, my last name. I don't think there's another one in all of Facebook that has the exact spelling. So <laughs> Corey, K-O-R-Y, last name Prince. And yeah, um, that's probably the best through Messenger or something like that. And we're usually pretty responsive. I love it, guys. And yeah. thank you, everybody. This is brought to you by Virtue Desk. I put up the link up there, download the resources and reach out to Corey with any questions. If you have any referrals to him, he covers almost all of Canada. It's like half of Canada. So just send Absolutely. referrals. Yeah, for sure. So, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Corey. I love yeah, that. No. Man. Tristan, man, good to see you again. I appreciate it, man. Now I'm going to go watch Captain America and I'm going to look for you in that movie. So. What was the guy's name? Frank. Hold on. I'm going to tell you right now. Give me a second. It is Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo. Grillo. Frank yeah. Grillo. Now I'm going to have to go watch some stuff. I'm going to call you there. Mr. Grillo. All right, Mr. Grillo. I'll see you, buddy. Okay. See you, pal. See you guys. <laughs> Take care.